So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley with Sound Story, the wedding photography studio here in Columbus, Ohio. And of course, Six Figure Photography. Look, you guys, thanks for being here. Like, man, I so mean this. Thank you for caring enough about your business to be learning, uh, to be spending your time maybe driving or your mornings or your evenings, uh, learning more about growth. I think it's, it's so critical that we constantly be looking for opportunities to change and evolve. You guys, on today's episode of the podcast, I get, I, I say this all the time, but I get so excited because look, it, we're not just talking to photographers on this podcast. And I got to tell you guys, I think some of the best information that you can learn about your business, about your brand, about growth, um, about evolution is, is from outside of the photography industry. And so uh, when Pia Silva reached out to me, I got super jazzed uh, because uh, this is going to be good. You guys, this is going to be really good on today's episode. We're going to be talking about brand. We're going to be talking about building a badass brand. You guys, this is so fun. So let me tell you about Pia. Pia is an entrepreneur. She's a speaker and writer. Uh, she's partnered and brand strategist at worst of all design, which I've got a lot of questions about, by the way, worst of all design, where they build badass brands without the BS, right? She is a Forbes contributor, super jealous about that. Her company was named top 10 design firms, uh, led by young people that are changing the way we look at the world by complex. She is the author and go check out this book. You guys, she's the author of badass, your brand, uh, impatient entrepreneur's guide to turning expertise into profit. Man, Pia, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Ben. Thanks so much for that awesome introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun, you guys. I got to pull back the curtain here a little bit. Listeners, it's so fun because, you know, Pia and I, we, we were just kind of like talking a little bit before we actually start recording. Uh, we're just kind of chit-chatting about the show, what to expect, that kind of stuff. And then I press record and I kind of go into this like big, loud, punchy uh, podcast voice, um, which is, it is what it is. <laughs> so You've got yeah. a great podcast voice. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, okay, I got to start with this. 
when I read that that you were brand strategist at Worst of All Design, you've got some really catchy titles here. So we've got uh, Badass Brands Without the BS. We've got Worst of All Designs. Like, I love this kind of edge uh, to your brand, and maybe we'll build into it a little bit. But um, I guess I just got to ask, Worst of All Design, can you unpack that a little bit? Where did that come from? Uh, yes, you're not the first person to ask me about that. Surprise, surprise. People love to know about this name. Uh, look, we build badass brands. And so when people ask me about worst of all design, I tell them, well, you know, it's all about walking the walk. There's no more badass name than worst of all design. I mean, who names their company that? So right away, I'm all about being your brand as opposed to saying it. Um, I've had people say, worst of all, why not best of all? Like, duh, because that's a lame name. <laughs> that's not what we do. Um, so it, right away in your face, it just tells you that we are doing something different without saying, uh, just try not to use the word different, unique, any of those really cliche generic words. Um, so that's that's where the power, I think, of the name comes from. But the backstory of the name is that my partner and uh, husband's last name is Wasterval, which is Dutch, and his um so Wasterval, but his you know nickname in college, stoner artist. Worst of all, it all went together. That was going to be the name of the company. It always was. There was never a discussion, um, and we really grew into it because it came from a really authentic place. I would yeah, say. there's there's very few half measures with you. I've discovered, yeah, <laughs> like you're kind of like all in. Even like the cover of your book, like the red, the punch, the lipstick. Like you guys got to check out the cover of her book. Like the the expression. You've like it's everything has a punch to it, um, and I want to talk about this. How I mean, how for starters, let's start at the beginning of, of kind of how you got uh, into uh, into branding, like how you started to care about helping brands. Uh, yeah, it's a kind of an interesting question because I didn't know anything about branding before I got into this business. Um, I am really an entrepreneur at heart. I always wanted to work for myself, very freelance minded, minded from the beginning. And about, I guess at this point, seven plus years ago, my then fiance, now husband, he's a very brilliant artist and graphic designer. And we just decided, hey, let's, uh, or I, basically I told him, stop doing freelance work for other people. You work for me now. I'll go find the clients. I don't know jack about this industry, but I'll figure it out. Um, we started as a design company. And for a few years, we were really focused on graphic design, you know, designing logos, designing business cards, brochures, websites, what have you. Uh, but over those years, as we looked for business ourselves, we learned how important it was to differentiate ourselves, to really own our brand. Uh, we came into our brand and, and really built out our content so that we stood out and we stood apart. And we learned through that process how valuable and important branding was. So I actually learned everything I know on the job, doing it for myself and for my clients. And as I became better at it and saw more and more success in my own business and in their businesses, we really evolved into the branding company we are today. So everything I preach, everything I teach, it all comes from my own experience. Um, I think that has really helped me as opposed to a lot of branding people who come from agencies and they kind of take this big agency theory and try to apply it to one person businesses. And uh, at least I've learned that is just not how it works. They're totally different animals. So that is how I became the badass brander I am today. That's awesome. So then, we're, but were you always so damn punchy? I mean, were you always so... Um, well, I'm from New York, Ben. <laughs> so <laughs> <I'm> 
So just that you just you always came out with like with uh, with a bold, unapologetic approach to brand. Is, would you say so, or was there a, like a defining moment where there was something that you tested, or something that you learned, or an experience along the way that kind of opened up this idea of like this is where it needed to be? That's a good question. I, I mean, I'm I'm half joking about the New York thing. I definitely have a New York edge, but don't get me wrong. I was very. Uh, camera shy, surprisingly, now that you've seen the cover of my book, hated photos <laughs> for most of my life, very scared to speak on stage. Um, you know, I, sp I worked with a speaking coach to develop the ability and to get rid of my fear of speaking on stage. So I've definitely come into that punchiness, but I think it evolved over the years as I saw how valuable it was and, and the kind of reaction that I got from people. So at first I was trying different things and it was very scary, but as I saw really positive reactions from people, positive and negative, but strong reactions, I saw how powerful that was. And then I started to evolve into a stronger and punchier voice um, that was very authentic, again, to what we were actually trying to sell, because this is the model that I have seen work so many times. Really own it, uh, go all the way with it, be unapologetic about it, and you will create emotions in other people, positive and negative, and that's how you get really good clients that are, are attracted to you for what you do best. Let's talk about the negative emotions for a second, because look, the listeners, many of them are our photographers, at the very least uh, are creatives. And, you know, with photography, we're dealing with our artwork, with design, you know, we're constantly dealing with putting kind of a, a sense of ourselves out there. And there's a sensitivity, I think that, you know what, let's just cut the like, I think actually all entrepreneurs have a sensitivity, like it doesn't matter if it's your artwork, or it's a product like it is your baby. And there's a little bit of a sensitivity uh, to that. And so the, the idea of putting out something that is so bold, Pia, that yes, evokes strong, positive emotions, but also has a pushback from it. How do you, um, a, a, how do you, um, let me, let me ask a couple questions. Um, is, is that good? Is that successful? But then also, uh, assuming it is, how do you then deal with it though? How do you cope with the negativity or the pushback that you may receive? Well, if you look on our homepage of our website, Worst of All Design, you'll see it's basically become our mission and mantra. If you want to be loved by some, you have to be okay being misunderstood or even disliked by others. And that really sums up what I see badass branding is. So you have to be okay with this push-pull, this magnetically attract and repel, because that's how you get really rabid fans. That's how you get people coming to you who are like, I have to work with you. I'm willing to pay more to work with you. Um, if you, if you stay nice so that everybody kind of likes you, nobody's going to love you and you're not going to be able to command those premium prices, nor are you going to attract the kind of clients who are going to say, yes, I trust you for the expert work that you do, do your thing. And that's what we really wanted out of our business. And my, my partner, you know, he's an artist too. He's putting his artwork out, his design out constantly. And he also has experienced, you want that strong push pull in order to get those rabid fans. Um, but is it difficult, especially in the beginning to have people dislike what you're saying? Absolutely. And I have had years of working through, you know, criticism, judgment. I mean, that's why I call it badass branding. It's It takes balls to put yourself out there and have people dislike it and, and realize that that's part of what makes it so great. So I really try to preach and coach people to embrace the bad with the good, because if, pe if there aren't some people that don't like it, you're not doing anything terribly interesting. 
Yeah, man, that's so good. Have, have you, I imagine you have uh, read uh, Mark Manson's book, Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough? No. What is it? No. No. The, uh, Mark Manson, uh, he, he wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough. Oh, no, I, no, I have not. <laughs> I'll look it up. I, I live and breathe that, Ben. I don't know. <laughs> this is, so wait, so you're for real. You haven't, you have, have you heard of it? The Subtle Art of Not Giving Enough. Is that the orange book? Yes, it's the oh, orange okay, book. Okay, okay. I, I know the book. I haven't read it. Okay, well, I'm, that's good. On Instagram. talks about it. It's like, you know, you walk into a bookstore and it's like there are 15 copies in the front of the, the store. Right. It, it, but it, it's there for a I reason. Kinda, I kind of figured I, I knew what it was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's always, it's always good. But to I could still appreciate it. No, I, you should put it on my list. That's awesome. Look, listeners, uh, go check it out. I talk about it a lot. Uh, but it, 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 it talks so much... Um, I think about dealing with this of of, of moving forward despite uh, despite not being liked. Um, well, let's talk. Let's kind of. I, I, so far, we've you know, I've been, it's been fun to talk about some of these things that I was really curious about. I think we need to kind of dig deeper into this whole brand conversation uh, more at like a, in a in a micro level. Like, I think many photographers are even confused at what brand is. Um, and so I'd love for you to kind of break this down, uh, in terms of like what actually makes up your brand. I think many photographers are thinking about it in terms of your logo, your website. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> like it's, it's, you know, in terms of the way that it's actually practically being experienced, can we expand upon that for you? What is brand? Absolutely. And I, um, I've worked with a lot of photographers. I love talking about branding specifically with photographers because most photographers are committing the same sins. Uh, one of which is thinking brand is just your logo and your website. Um, close second is having a website that just has a bunch of photos on it and says, contact me. Maybe it says, what's your budget? <laughs> I mean, these are all sins that I see because it commoditizes your stuff. And what it really does is it relies on the potential client to see the genius in your work and want to hire you. And while I understand as a creative, especially being married to one, that there's a, a feeling of, well, you should be able to see how good I am. Um, most of your clients aren't going to be able to make a strong choice just based on that. So brand is not just the visual identity, that's the logo, the look of your website, but it really is how you're known in the market, uh, what your reputation is when you're not around. What do people say about you when you're not around? I think Jeff Bezos may have said that. Um, what people think about, you know, unintentionally, what they think when they hear your name. That's really what the brand is. So what I help people do is figure out what that space in people's minds is that they're going to own. Uh, sometimes it has to do with the industry they play in, the kind of photography they do, um, the price points. I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of different ways to own a niche, uh, but it really has to come from within and what you do best and what you're, what you are really excited about, because that's what you're going to put your best energy into. And in turn, uh, my goal is to help photographers and all of my clients really charge those premium prices. And you can only do that by being seen as the expert in whatever niche you're in. So that's how I see branding. I define badass branding as having two characteristics. One, you're magnetically attracting your ideal clients and you're okay repelling everyone else. And that may just mean that you don't take on 
certain kinds of clients that you could potentially help because, hey, you've got a camera, you know how to shoot things. Okay, sure, I don't do events, but you need me for an event and you're willing to pay me. I'll show up to your event and take photos. That is not badass. That is a drain on your energy. That is a drain on your reputation. That is a drain on your brand reputation. Um, And then the second characteristic um, is that you can charge a premium price. So you can charge more than the competition and still win the business. So magnetically attract clients, charge a premium price, then you know you have a badass brand. Can we talk a little bit about uh, what what this looks like? I think a lot of photographers kind of feel like, well, I think they feel like we're unique, like that our market is uniquely flooded. Um, But I also think that, you know, when you start narrowing things down, it's like, let's go wedding photography for a second here, Pia. Like wedding photography, how can I actually do something different as a wedding photographer? Like there's only so many things. How do I make a brand that actually stands out, that becomes separated from all the other wedding photographers are doing? Uh, I think that's kind of a daunting task for most photographers. I think they kind of see this and they almost like wave the white flag. And it's like, yeah, I'm not really that unique from everybody else. I'm just going to like, you know, say like storyteller on my website. So like what, um, I don't know, how does somebody separate? Yeah, no, it's it's a fair question. Um, I just worked with a wedding photographer recently. Uh, it, it really, <laughs> the first step in figuring that out is to dig deep uh, inside and think back on your favorite kinds of clients, uh, your favorite kinds of projects where you excel. Uh, so this one photographer that I was advising on, she loves kind of more avant-garde, slightly very creative. She doesn't like superposed work. Um, she's in a very, she's in an area in California, but she's got a lot of personality. She's really bubbly, but the point was to take all of these aspects that are her and just really bring them out on her website. So instead of saying the cliche, like we're storytellers, um, really own the fact that she likes these, these, um, non-posed, you know, she's looking for the, the accidents on the, on the wedding day. She's looking for those special moments in between the photos, um, and really owning that, that idea and that perspective that she has, because if she owns that on her site, she's going to attract clients that are also looking for that kind of non-traditional wedding. They're, they're trying to plan a really unique wedding for themselves and there, and this photographer, her website is going to speak directly to that desire. So it's just about, you know, it's not like it's so crazy. It's, it's not so out of the box. It's that she didn't make it up. It's really authentic to her. And by owning it on her site, now the, the clients that um, contact her, they're all about it. They're like really happy to see that she's kind of on the same page as them. Um, and they're much more likely to close. And that's another benefit of branding. If you own your space or own your voice or own your style or whatever it is, when people contact you, they're already most of the way down the pipeline. So it's just about having that final conversation and closing the deal. I love it. Um, are there any exercises I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit? I know, but are there any exercises that you, that you take clients through your own clients, by the way, brands that you're trying to help build to help them become more self-aware of, of some of these things that make up their, um, their beliefs, their kind of meaningful difference, their, their, the qualities that they really are separated by. Is there anything that you do to, to help kind of clients brainstorm this list? Um, I think just the idea of like, to tell someone like, hey, you know, I want you to think about what you really want. It, even that can sometimes feel too lofty. And so is there any exercises that, that you could recommend? Uh, well, yeah. So 
all of our clients, the first step to working with us is going through the brand shrink interview. So the brand shrink is an interview that me and my partner take clients through. Um, we ask them a ton of questions, but it's not it's not just about what's your brand or what do you like to do. It's really about the whole picture, about who you are, where you've been, where you are, and where you're trying to go with your business, what your bigger goals are, um, talking about past clients that you loved, past clients that you hate. Um, I like to ask people, you know, what do you dislike about your industry? Uh, and then based on that, I will actually write them a brief that says, this is what your brand is stop doing this, start saying this, you know, focus here, you should be charging this, you should stop doing this, whatever it is. Um, but I also, uh, I have a DIY program where people can go through that brand shrink themselves. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to, I'm going to pass off my brand shrink interview to your listeners if they want it. Oh, so you can awesome. take yourself through some of those questions. I love it. I didn't even know that was happening. That's a, that yeah. sounded like a setup question. That wasn't even a setup <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, this is so rad. It sounds like what you're talking about is so much related to like personal brand. I think personal brand is a conversation we're having a lot in 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, th this notion of, of, of personal branding. Um, do you really view kind of every brand as ultimately a personal brand? Or is this more of a conversation for the solopreneur, for the creative entrepreneur? Well, uh, my business focuses on one to three person service businesses. So I do get a lot of businesses where it's one person. And even if it's a business and not about them as a thought leader, let's say, the essence of the brand is that person, right? They're the ones who are showing up, providing the service. Uh, it really does have to do with them. I would say personal brand, uh, I would define personal brand as being more of a, a person, a thought leader, connecting it to that person's name. Um, in photography, I would say, I mean, I, I've branded photographers where we're not really branding their person. We are branding their name as a business. So it's nuanced. I, I don't have a straight answer for that. I think there's a That's lot cool. of nuance in this stuff. Yeah, it's all good. This is cool. No, um, this is fun as we've built... Um, you know, so starting out for myself, like we used to be, it used to be my name, it used to be Ben Hartley Photography, and we've kind of, um, kind of moved beyond that, and now it's a it's a larger kind of studio that we have, mm -hmm. and so it's just been an interesting conversation of moving the brand outside of of yourself. It's been uh, so it's been on the mind as all. Yeah. Um, well, and I also I, think that you can build a personal brand and then build a business around that. There are plenty of great examples of people who the the brand is their name, but there's a, a larger brand around them. Marie Forleo, if anyone knows Marie Forleo, she's a great example. She is the the center of the brand and it is a personal brand, but she's got an empire under her. Um, yeah. So so that's what I mean. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah, I love it. So I think um, I think as we're talking about branding, um, it, it's it almost as as quickly as it enters a photographer's mind, it almost leaves because there's like this tyranny of the urgent that we are constantly being faced with, and that's the need to get clients in the door. And so like I gotta get clients, I gotta get clients, I gotta get clients, I gotta fill the calendar up, I gotta get my bookings to stay afloat. All this branding stuff is gonna have to wait. All this branding stuff, I'm going to have to like wait till I can can make sure that you know what I mean. Like mm -hmm. it, it, that's an afterthought. Um, but I, I'm sure you would argue the same. It, it's like it's the required piece of the puzzle. Can you kind of talk about the correlation between um, 
like a consistent pipeline of leads in the door with having a brand that uh, that resonates? Yeah, I mean, in in any small business, if you don't put energy into building that brand and then subsequently any sort of outrage marketing, you will constantly be spinning your wheels looking for clients. So uh, when I back in the day when I was part of a BNI networking group, there were people in there who had been networking for 20 years. That's just how they got their business. And I'm sure a lot of people listening might be in that same boat. You know, you have to constantly be out there looking for your next client. And the reason you have to be out there is because there there doesn't exist anything out there that's doing your sales for you. So building the brand and building that presence allows you to slowly step back from having to show up in person. When you don't have a brand or any sort of brand and collateral, you have to sell yourself with every conversation. So you have to show up. And that's a lot of work. And it's not very long lasting. I mean, you can get referrals from that. But even then, uh, are your referrals going to be strong? What do people say? Oh, I know a great photographer. That's a very weak referral. Um, You know, I have the perfect photographer for you. He does exactly what you're looking for. Um, gets a little bit stronger, you know, especially whatever you're looking for. You know, he does exactly that. You know, he's a food photographer and you are opening a food company and you need that food photography. And again, that's not the only way to niche, but as an example, I'm, I'm 10 times more likely to contact that person because they are exactly what I need. And the referral I got was very, very strong as opposed to, oh, I know a great photographer you should talk to. Again, very lame referrals. So building a brand creates those much stronger referrals. It creates um, a forward-facing pipeline where you don't have to show up. In turn, you have more time to then keep investing in that brand, which should be bringing in more and more leads over time. So it's a long-term investment, but that long-term investment is going to pay exponential dividends over time. And if you don't put that investment time, you don't invest that time in now, you're going to always be spinning your wheels and you're going to be that person 20 years down the line who's still showing up to a networking meeting at six o'clock in the morning, um, which is not the way to live. So then how do you get off the treadmill? Just like, cause I get it. It's that constantly like I'll do a bridal show. I'll run a, a Facebook ad competition and you're doing this kind of, um, energy in hopefully output return. How do you get off the treadmill of this constant, um, hunt for clients and get deeper into creating like a, a brand that's going to attract your ideal client. that's going to attract clients. who are going to pay more. Who's going to attract clients. who are going to really value what you do. Well, that is the million dollar question, isn't it, Ben? (laughs) um, Everything I do. Uh, I mean, let's see, very high level. uh, You figure out where, what space you're going to own. That's your reputation. That's your niche. That's your quote positioning. Podcast listeners, I apologize for interrupting the interview, but I just I have to give a shout out to two big supporters of the industry, two big supporters of the SFP podcast. And so I'm going to be brief here. The first is the Giphy booth. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, it is essentially a photo booth, but it is a modern, fresh, uh, new take on a photo booth. It makes animated GIFs and photographs. Now, here's the deal. I'm a working wedding photographer. I am not a photo booth owner. And I want you guys to understand this. This is perfect. If you are a photographer first, out shooting events, uh, portraiture, that type of thing, this booth is amazing because it requires so little work. Like I've I've had other photo booths. I still own another photo booth, but the Giphy booth is the thing that I love because I just get to set it up in under five minutes. It it's like a it's the size of like a laptop bag essentially. Um, it automates everything once you're done with an event. Uh, it's such an easy upsell. And one of the great things about it is. 
because it takes so little overhead to actually run uh, an event that I essentially get to pass that savings on to my client. And so I can I can charge less for it, do more events and remain so much more stress free. It also has like built in marketing tools. You guys just need to check it out. It is called the Giphy Booth. Go check it out at Giphy.com, G-I-F. YYY.com, three Y's, G I F Y Y Y.com. By the way, use the coupon code SFP2017 for some dope discounts. Maybe just mention my name, dude. You know, Ben Hartley, SFP2017 uh, is the code uh, to go check this thing out. I own one and I promise you I'm buying another this year as well. Next up on my thank you list is Freedom Edits. You guys, look, the end of the day, you can't grow your business if you are doing everything. It's just a, it's a fact that we all have to face. And to have somebody who's doing the bulk editing, by the way, when I say bulk editing, like I get to still, you get to still choose to edit the photographs that you want to edit, the beautiful portfolio shots, the stunning bridal portraits, whatever it is that you get excited about, please keep editing that. But all of the bulk stuff that slowly kills your soul, please go check out Freedom Edits and have them take care of it because they're going to give you consistent results with personal touch. This is the thing. It's the personal touch, like the entire Intentional decisions that that uh, Freedom Edits, by the way, in-house editors, not like outsourced, in-house editors make, I freaking love because they're actually making intentional creative decisions and not just doing these like robotic choices where you get images back and you're like, why did they expose for that? They Like, like any normal creative would have understood that there was an off-camera flash and and done this right. Freedom Edits will do it right, you guys. I freaking love them. Go check out Freedom Edits. By the way, uh, it's freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. That's where you need to go. Freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free, you guys. Again, just mention my name, Ben Hartley. They're going to give you the first full wedding free. Like, Do you want to save a couple days this week? Then go do this right now. Freedomedits.com forward slash Ben Hartley. All right, let's get back to the show. Let's talk real quick about the idea of like owning a niche. Um, do you find it important as as photographers to really like um, have a dedicated brand? Let's say that I do weddings, but I also do seniors and I do newborn portraits. Do you feel like it's important for me to separate out those brands, separate out those niches? Um. Usually, yes. Uh, but I would say it's not so straightforward. I think there are a lot of different ways that you can niche down. So um, one like one photographer we branded years ago, he we branded him into really these crazy creative editorial shoots. Um, but it's largely based around his style of photography. And a lot of it had to do with forcing him to take down everything else. But the reason that we did that, and he did weddings and headshots, I mean, he did everything, but he's incredibly creative and his work is, it's pretty stylized. And so by only showing that kind of work and then really pumping energy into putting that work on Instagram exclusively. So when you scroll through his Instagram, um, you really get it right away, like the kind of stuff he does. It, you know, within months, he was getting really high-end editorial work being flown around the country doing like um, liquor brands, which I think was like his dream to do these liquor brands because they're such cool shoots. Um, he always had the capability to do that kind of work and he always had the equipment, but he was never going to get those shoots by also having 
you know, dinky weddings on his site and some headshots for real estate agents. It just, it just doesn't make sense. So when the, when your ideal client is looking for somebody, are they going to look at your website and say, Oh yeah, I got to talk to this person. Or is it, are they going to see just another photographer that does all kinds of stuff? So when you do three, you know, seniors and children and weddings, um, it's like, I don't know where to peg you and I'm not necessarily going to remember you. Um, however, you could theoretically group seniors and babies into some other niche that makes sense together. And sometimes what I help people do is actually niche into a process. So you don't necessarily have to focus on one industry or one subject, but you do have to build some sort of process that you're known for. And that's how you can get around. And that's what I did. I mean, we work with one to three person service businesses. However, we work in any industry, but we have a very clear process. We built entire brands in a one to three day intensive. So doesn't matter which industry, as long as it's a certain size and it works in our process. So that intersection works as a niche too. So there are a lot of opportunities to niche and it doesn't just have to be, oh, pick a subject or pick an industry. Yeah. I love that answer. It's so solid. Um, Let's talk advice here. Um, Advice. So I think there's a lot of photographers who are listening who are also, um, you know, they're just starting out. They're in, they're in year one. They're in uh, month three. They're in week two. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're trying to figure out how do I get out of my day job and go full time with this business? Like, what's the best advice that you have someone who maybe they're not even full time in the business. They're trying to build the brand. They're trying to build the client base to do that. Um, what do you have for them? Yeah. I mean, when people who are just starting out come to us, um, my best advice is just to do your work as much as possible, however you can, because I actually don't take on new clients when we're, you know, when someone's going to hire us, I don't take on startups because I think that your brand strategy needs to be based in real world experience. So it's one thing to hypothesize that you will build a company based on this you know, this idea, but it's quite another to actually go sell that. So my advice is, you know, to photographers specifically shoot as much as possible. If you have an idea of a space that you want to live in, shoot that as much as humanly possible, um, for free, for, for, uh, low, you know, a low price, if you have to at first as quickly as possible, and then use that to piggy piggyback on that experience to start honing your specialty and start raising your prices very quickly. Um, I'm really against free work. I'm really against bargaining, but in the very beginning, sometimes you got to do that quickly to get the experience and the uh, reputation that you need. And then you can raise your prices very, very quickly uh, based on that positioning and owning that niche and that expertise that you've built. Yeah, I can get behind that. This is a random question. It's maybe slightly off topic, but I've heard it said that it is um, that it's impossible to charge too much for your photography, and that if people are telling you that you're charging too much, it's not a sign that you're charging too much. It's that your brand is valuable enough. Mm. I, Any thought on that? Uh, yes. Uh, usually, when I when someone tells when someone says that uh, to a client, like you're charging too much, you're too expensive. I usually just tell them, well, then they're just not your client. Um, because no matter what price you're charging, someone's going to think you're too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would agree that in order to have anybody hire you, you have to 
present with that value and it has to match up with your price point. And that's another reason why I do recommend starting at any price that you feel confident and comfortable with uh, quoting so that if somebody says you're too expensive, you are okay with it because you say, well, I'm not going to charge less than that because it's worth this. And then once you get a little bit of confidence charging that price, you can raise it and then raise it again. I mean, there was a time for a, about a six month period where I just raised the price of our, our um, service a thousand dollars every month, closed a couple, raised the price, closed a couple, raised the price. And I just kept doing it until demand slowed down a bit. But you can imagine, I mean, the price doubled within a few months. Um, I was doing half as much work and making the same amount of money. So it's really this dance playing with the, the, ratio of supply and demand and where your price fits in. And I recommend building up to it because of that. Yeah. I heard it said, um, I don't know where I heard this, but there's two reasons that somebody doesn't buy your product. It's either because A, uh, you didn't provide enough value and that's your fault or B, they just simply don't have the money and that's their fault. Um, and it was really helpful for me to actually to kind of boil it down to that because it allowed me to get really honest with myself uh, about if I was actually like if it was my fault, you know, that people were saying no, right? Or if I felt like no, I am providing the value. It's definitely their fault. I'm good with that. Like I'm okay. It's not on me. Um, that kind of allowed me to to keep moving forward um, in our price growth and if, and with like the value that uh, that we needed to be at. Yeah, I mean, I I love that. I I think of it as looking for the right fit. It's not really about selling your services to people or convincing them. It's about finding somebody who needs the value that you provide best. And that's why you want to focus on the place where you really do provide your highest value. And then you need to find clients that value that value and are looking for that value. And when you find that perfect match, there is no sales. Um, it, it happens very naturally. They usually, I call it, they say they sell themselves, right? Because they see that they are a perfect fit for you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of, um, I got a chance uh, to go through your book here, Badass Your Brand. And in chapter two, chapter two's title was intriguing to me. And I wanted to kind of hear you, like, you don't have to, you don't have to unpack everything, but I was like, I at least I asked a couple of questions about sure. your book. Uh, well, I had you. So chapter two is titled The Badass Secret to Charging More. Can you can you maybe tell us what it is? <laughs> can, we, can we skip ahead? Um, well, what part specifically are you, are you asking about? It's a long chapter. No, I get it. I know. I just want, I was, I thought the, the title was really, um, was intriguing, the badass secret to charging more. And I, and I guess I would love to hear, um, what makes up, uh, the ability to charge more. Cause look, I asked, I mean, I've asked thousands, like literally Pia, thousands of photographers, what's their biggest struggle. And I've heard so many answers, but countless times it's been, uh, I need to charge more or I can't figure out how to charge more. Um, and I know there's listeners out there who are having the same struggle that they need to charge more and would love any insight that you have. Sure. Well, I mean, I would say that the whole book is really about how to charge more. Um, but it comes down to, Gosh, it comes down to a few things. Um, you really want to, a lot of the things I've already said here, like you need to own your niche um, and you need to own your, you know, own your space and your expertise. But I would also say it comes down to um, having the balls to say no to people that are not, uh, that are not right for you. Um, it has, it comes down to, um, owning your, your process process is huge in that. Um, and really just looking at 
your industry and finding the place that you authentically are different from what is out there in the market and really owning that. I think a lot of people are really scared to put themselves out there uh, and to, to get um, criticized for it. So, yeah, I totally get it. Hey, you just brought up something that I also want to ask you about. The, like the most important word in business is no. That's another thing that you talk about in the book. Why? Why is the most important word no? Because no, oh, no, is such a great word. People are so scared to say it because they want that fast cash money in their hand right now instead of that long-term value of their brand. Um, saying no shows that you have integrity in what you sell and the value that you provide. Because you're saying, if you're not a good fit for me, I'm not going to do backflips over here trying to service you and take your money. I have enough integrity in what I do to say, I'm probably not the best fit. Um, this often proves to that person who's looking to buy from you um, that you know, that, that they might be, I mean, I've had some of my best referral sources be that person that I said no to. You're not a great fit because now they know exactly what I sell and who I'm great for. And they're so excited and eager to send people to me because they know that I'm not going to sell them because we all hate being sold, right? We all hate feeling like, oh, this person is just going to say whatever they can to get me to hand over my money and then they'll do whatever they can to help me. Um, so saying no has a lot of integrity. Um, it really builds your reputation. And it builds your reputation internally too. When you say no to clients, you are reinforcing to yourself that I am an expert at this and this is where my value lies and I do not do anything else. And if you say no to everyone outside your niche, outside of your process, um, you can build your expertise in your space of expertise very, very quickly, um, much faster than if you kind of try to have your hands in a lot of different pots. Yep. I love it. Pia, this has been so awesome. Where can people find uh, find you, find your book? You mentioned that you had uh, that, um, how did you describe it? It was like the psyche, uh, te the, the, the test to work through. Well, oh, the share what <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, I put it up for your listeners. So um, badassyourbrand.com backslash PF. What did we say it was going to be? Let's do SFP. SFP. Badassyourbrand.com backslash SFP. Um, if you go there, you can download the um, brand shrink questions and you can answer those questions for your business and you will find out a ton about where you should start focusing and what you can stop wasting your time doing. I love it. And then if people want uh, to connect with you, learn more about uh, Badass Brand and Worst of All Design, where can they find you? Um, well, you can check us out on worstofalldesign.com. No S at the end. Um, or you can find me on Twitter, Pia Loves Your Biz, B I Z dot com, and Instagram yes. and Facebook, but I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, this is cool. I love it. Pia, thank you so much for your time, uh, for being here, for the quiz as well. I, I think a lot of users are going to uh, find a ton of value in that. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. Cheers. Podcast listeners, I hope that Pia has opened your mind at the very least, reinforced just how important your brand is. Like your brand is everything. You guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Can this not be the last time that you and I speak? I want to invite you. Follow me on Instagram, Hartley, the letter J, Hartley on Instagram, and DM me. 
Let me know you found me on the podcast. Just give me, just say hi, and I promise you, I will reply back. Jay Ben Hartley on Instagram. Let's continue the conversation there. Let me know how I can help you out. We'll see you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye.